It's all about the opportunities, man. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, even being in Phoenix for eight months, like, it was cool, but I just had so little opportunities. Think about this. So today, right before you were here, um, there was a guy who was like doing some minor work at the apartment. Um, and he was like hanging this stuff. He's like your classic handyman from mm -hmm. Thumbtack. And the whole time we're talking about like the TV industry because he's a fucking screenwriter. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. He's telling me all about like certain scripts he's got and like his opinions on shows. And it's like yeah. this white guy and we're having this deep conversation about like colorism. It's just fascinating. Whoa. Yeah, because his wife, and that's the other thing. So he's married to this woman who's this Asian woman mm -hmm. who's um, very high up and like she has this huge creative group mm -hmm. for Asian women and like a bunch of like huge agents and like entertainment people are in it. And it's just like when I'm in Georgia or Phoenix or Texas or anywhere, when a guy comes to, you know, fix my window mm -hmm. and we talk, we're going to talk about the Bears game or whatever, <laughs> which is yeah. fine, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. the idea that everybody here is here for a reason. Yeah. You know, and they're chasing some sort of dream and they're looking for that belief that their creative vision can become something. The opportunities to like legitimately network, to actually meet people and to, to find real work opportunities are just dramatically higher. Yeah. So it's like, even if I want to leave, it's like, I can't, you know, it's like, I can't leave permanently. For this episode, we have a great friend of mine. He's got an amazing perspective. He's from a different part of town, from the South, and he's here in big city LA, and we have a lot in common that way. He's a great friend of mine with a great perspective. Ladies, gentlemen, please welcome Jay Vincent. What up? How's it going? Jay, oh man. Dude, the setup for this one has been ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, no, I like the setup. It's, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You got here, what, like an hour ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, half of that was just chilling. I, I think that's one of the best parts about doing this show with, like, you know, my friends and, you know, people that I just like to hang out with. Mm -hmm. These inevitable things make it a lot easier. Like, right. uh, you know, because these kind of technical difficulties are just going to happen, you know? Right. <laughs> of course things are going to go wrong. Right. Murphy's Law. That's a part, that's wrong, a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then that's kind of life. And I think that's one of the things that excites me the most about it is because... Yeah. You know, things aren't always going to be perfect. And I think in a lot of shows, they have these conversations that are like overly curated, mm -hmm. curated, which is cool and fine. But that's not really what I'm looking to do here. I want it to feel no. very much as close to a conversation that I would have off camera as possible, just yeah. on camera. So. Right. Yeah. Oof. yeah. Where to start? Well, we were uh, we're filming this. We were just watching the Grammys. Mm -hmm. That was like half the reason we're so late. Oh yeah. What do you think, man? I know the music industry is something you really want to discuss. Yeah. Um, no, I well, part of my major my major was uh, recording industry management, right? And then I minored in marketing. So a lot of that had to do with like the entertainment industry, specifically like the music industry. And um, just like the different nuances with it. And like, basically, mine was the management part. So, like, I was taught like how to manage artists, really? and like budgeting and like advertising and stuff like that. So, like, I basically had. I have the the key knowledge as far as getting into it. I'm just like not in it. <laughs> right. And where'd you go to school yeah. again? Uh, University of Southern Mississippi. Gotcha. So, here's something that I really wonder because yep. i went to university of georgia which is the biggest school 
in the state. Yep. You know, Georgia's a pretty big state, but they had no sort of like real entertainment industry mm-hmm. classes. I mean, I think the closest they had was some like minor music management stuff, but it was mm-hmm. pretty low tier. Yep. You know, in, in Mississippi are who are these people teaching these classes, you know? Like where do they find people qualified to do this? Um, well, I'm not sure where they like, Well, where they yeah, it's less about like, where they find them, but who was yeah. who was your teacher like? Uh, what were their qualifications, you know? That's something I always wonder about this stuff. Yeah, um one teacher that sticks out to me right now is uh uh Paul Linden. He he was such an awesome teacher. He um Forgive me, Paul, but I forgot the name of the class that you taught. But <laughs> some class. What was special <laughs> about it? What did you like about it? Uh, he just taught us basically the ins and outs, mainly of like all we needed to know about the industry, really? and like he basically he really cared about like all of the people that were that was in his class, like especially the one that I was in mainly because I, I saw it firsthand, and he really cared like invested into our future and right. so he he was just one of those teachers like you felt like you got a, had a good connection with and you understood like what he was saying yeah it wasn't like these different like these all these other teachers that i i had classes in like i didn't really understand anything and like i had to like go out for myself to like to teach myself okay what are they talking about exactly but he like broke it down to like a really good Perspective. So, so break it down for me. Were you interested in music management before the class, or is that what kind of sealed it for you and made you say like, "This is something I want to get into"? Uh, no. Um, mainly, I was in I was in the production side. Like, I was interested in like producing, like being a producer, producing music. Yeah. Oh, really? But have you like made beats and stuff? Is that that's the, the thing? Like, I didn't have any experience in it. Oh, okay. and, like being <laughs> a like, producer. Is this a hidden talent? No. <laughs> Being a producer, like you have to like grind, and you gotta hustle, and you have to have experience. And mm-hmm. like I was already in college, college, and I never had anything to do with that. Right. And so, of course, like I could have learned, I could have like put forth the effort into learning the basics first, and then like build upon that. But I just, I was like, I'm already in college. I'm a little bit too late, so I might as well go into something else, but still like focus on the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And like that was like the cousin of that major was uh, recording industry management. Right. And so basically I learned about like advertising and marketing and managing and budgeting for artists and tours and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and also the history of like music and the history of the entertainment industry and stuff like that, like different record labels. Right. Um, Yeah, yeah. I feel like we have a good idea of like how things started. So like how do you, you know, so obviously you're not doing that at the degree you want to yet. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, let's let's hear the chops, right? So what are your thoughts on the current state of music? Uh, Well, (laughs) like looking at a little bit of the Grammys uh, before this, um, I don't know. I I feel like we grew up in the golden era of music, you know? Really? I, <laughs> that is a very uh, millennialist Bold statement. view. <laughs> Why? Okay, you can't say that without being able to. I mean, it, man. like, what? What makes you? And, and when you say you grew up, right? When you were born, were you 94? 94, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, what made that time period the golden age? Well, I'm biased, of course, because well, yeah, like I wasn't around before 94, but like I, it just. The key songs of like 
our generation still are relevant like to today like mm-hmm. you know like Usher's Confessions like I don't think any other R&B album male R&B album still to this day can like compete with no, it. Oh, that's fair. It's a good And point. that came out well, in like 2004. Yeah. Like I guess I'm still trying to ugly, struggling to understand what is our generation, right? So like, you know, cuz like things that came out in 94 were mm-hmm. zero, were one. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. even born yet, so that doesn't count. Yeah. So what do you consider the golden generation like uh, 2001? I'll say like late 90s, like 97 to like 2008, 2009. Right. Interesting. Just like incorporate, it incorporated basically all of the, like the early 2000s mainly. Well, I don't know. You know I did that list of the 100 best songs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was the number one again? It wasn't in order. It wasn't in order. No, no. Well, it was purposely not ordered because that would have taken too long. It was mm-hmm. just 100 songs I thought were of like at least a 9.5 out mm-hmm. of 10, you know? And I found, yeah, a lot of my list, the bulk of it was kind of like in between 2009 mm-hmm. to like 2017 probably yeah. but again i acknowledge that while i say they're objectively the best they're really yeah. only objectively the best because i grew up in that time period yeah. and i kind of gravitate towards that level of music but i had lots yeah. of songs that were from further out yeah. one thing that's really interesting is the reason people feel always like music from the past tends to be better mm-hmm. is because no one remembers the mediocre stuff. People mm-hmm. only remember the good stuff. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. when you, if you were to go listen to 10 songs from the 70s, yeah. you're probably going to end up listening to the 10 most popular songs from a 10-year period. Right. But if you were to listen to 10 songs now, yeah. you're hearing stuff that most of it will never even be remembered. So it kind of yeah. feels like, you know, unexciting in, in comparison. So yeah. that's one thing I try to like keep in mind. But I, I genuinely do feel like music right now is kind of a slump is not the right word Mm -hmm. but it's going through a transition that i don't think the industry overall is handling Mm -hmm. well yeah you know we just we just watch uh the grammys right we just watched best new artists if you look at the nominees none of them are new Mm -hmm. and i understand that like that's a pretty standard thing for the grammys but when i say none of them are new None of them are even remotely new. I mean, like, Phineas got nominated. The Glass Animals got nominated. I mean, people we've been listening to for four or five years. Olivia won because she is a real new artist that was actually popular. But the reality is there just aren't many new artists at all right now because of, I think... I think the industry made a grave mistake. Well, not a mistake. I don't think they could have helped it with the way TikTok has happened. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. you remember like two years ago with a shift right before the pandemic where music just shifted completely to TikTok. Mm -hmm. It was all about how do you get a song popping on TikTok? Dre's got the whole um, song is like right foot slide, left foot slide, two C slide. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that song. The song was made just for TikTok. <laughs> I mean, it was literally just made to go viral because everyone yeah. wanted to dance, right? Yeah. Everyone wanted TikTok dance. And the problem with TikTok is things go viral, but the song and the sound outlives the artist and the record. Mm-hmm. So it's like you might get one viral song maybe, but it, it's not making careers. Yeah. And I want to ask you this because like off the top – uh, memory is an important part of it. Mm-hmm. In the last three years, you know, how many artists can you really name that are new and popular and have like sustainable careers? Really, like the last two years. Mm-hmm. You said that are new. 
Yeah, keyword new. Not right? from TikTok. Yeah, I mean, well, they could be from TikTok yeah. if they're successful, but they yeah. don't have to be like brand new. Yeah. But like people who are like, you know, we see having long futures and like, you know, real artists. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say, I don't know what, when, we, when you were just talking about TikTok, I, I was thinking like Quilla, right? <laughs> right. No, hey, perfect example, yeah. right? I would say, Coyle Ray is a perfect example. Coyle Ray's brand is bigger than her music. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest issues with the industry to me right now yeah. is you have to have a brand for anyone to care about you. Mm-hmm. But then your brand is your music. But people's music and brands are just not really equal for most right. parts. And I think a big part of that is we don't have the same gatekeepers we used to of the industry because anyone can kind of get popular. Yeah, that's. I think that's the grave... Um, decision that the inner the music industry made is anybody right. can be popular right and like talent is just like it's the last denominator and right. it's really disheartening it's sad <laughs> like really sad you know it's like they can still put it all together occasionally right yeah. i mean we just saw billy perform and yeah. olivia won yeah. those are artists that are traditional artists right yeah. like yeah olivia came from like disney channel but which artists yeah. didn't but this is her first real album, mm-hmm. and it was very successful. It had a full rollout. Yeah. You know, it didn't. This wasn't an accident. Yeah, she was a curated, creative industry plan. Exactly, <laughs> right? And and she has real fans and yeah. a real brand, and she's doesn't have to make a next a song next week for people to forget about her. Like yeah. people are gonna care for a long time. Yeah. Same thing with Billy. But who the fuck else? <laughs> I mean, like. Mm. I feel like like Lil Nas X doesn't have that luxury. Lil Nas X yet. is like ninety five percent brand. <laughs> I, honestly, the fact that he's even like thirty percent song, which I yeah. will give him, is an impressive statement. Yeah, because he was the ultimate one hit wonder. Yeah, and like I think Industry Baby is his best song. Yeah, that song is super. I still good. like that song <laughs> like, to this day. But the fact that like Old Town Road beat out One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men is yeah. like. If you listen to those songs back to back, like it's uncanny how like how the musicality in that in that Mariah Carey song like trumps anything he will ever put out. Like, and I think he would tell you that himself. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's the streaming era like ruined. I feel like it ruined the music industry like completely. I wouldn't say it ruined it, but that's what I'm saying. It's going through a bad time because it yeah. doesn't know how to adjust. Right? Yeah. It's like what. What are they really supposed to do? Yeah. They don't control the streaming services, at least yeah. not. They do, but not to the I feel extent like some, like, that you would think. Some can probably pay for streams. Right. But, but, but I don't I, that's know that for a fact, but like. The difference is when you had Paola and Radio Play, mm-hmm. there was this understood of what was popular. There were certain songs that everyone had heard. There were certain artists that everyone had heard of. Mm-hmm. Right now... And I always, I always hearken back to Olivia and Billy because it doesn't really matter if you like their music or not. You know who they are. Mm-hmm. There used to be 25 artists like that at any given time. Yeah. Now artistry is just so niche because it's yeah. all based on the internet and streaming. Yeah. It's and, all very, very much uh, superficial. Right. And like, there's no, there's just like no raw talent. Like, right. There's no artist like, not bootcamp, artist development. Right. How like record labels used to be like back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I mean like early 2000s, mid 2000s at least. Right. Or or really any time before that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's none of that. Like no like record labels wants to like invest in their talent or 
and their artists nowadays is all about like getting streams and getting money. Right. And the only and exceptions are really like her. Yeah. And like, but her wins all the awards and she's all talent, but like she's yeah. not objectively that popular. Yeah. It's like they've, this, the industry has really struggled to mix popularity with musicality mm-hmm. because the people who are really good at music aren't great brands and the mm-hmm. people who are great brands don't make the best music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only exception to that is like Beyonce and Rihanna. Right. But even then, I mean, when, when did Beyonce's first song come out? When did Rihanna's career start? Rihanna started like in 05. I remember when I first listened to like Ponder Replay, I was like... That was like what, 04? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beyonce well, like started with like Destiny's Child. So like right. she had that shoe in already. And that's ultimate artist development, right? Yeah. Like started from the beginning, learn how to yeah. sing, dance, the whole thing. Gets in a yeah. group, groups get marketed. Yeah. Then you get separated. That's like, that just doesn't happen anymore. I guess yeah. maybe Harry Styles. And even then, One Direction was popular when we were like That was like 12. 2011. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first saw them, too. Uh, it was right around the time Bruno Mars was becoming like popular. Mm-hmm. I think it was like two, uh, 2011. I was like, I can I can hear the talent. Oh, yeah. But like I feel like, I mean, out of the group, like I feel like Zayn was the most talented. Really? As far as like vocal-wise. I mean, I think Zayn was the most talented. Because he had like some soul. And like, I'm black, so right. I like David Soul. So no, I, I agree. That's actually a good point. I just think he wasn't the most marketable. I think Harry's just yeah. like freakishly marketable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But as a whole, I mean, I feel like they were still good artists. They were still like a good group. Oh yeah, like yeah, in me general, too. But like, and and I just think my issue now is it seems very difficult to create new stars mm-hmm. regardless of their level of talent that have staying power mm-hmm. and that's the key thing it's like yeah. we're not giving artists enough time to develop and make mistakes you have to be perfect right out the gate yeah. and you have to be so engaging and yeah. you have to constantly keep your face i mean even like doja cat and i fucking love well she's doja quitting cat. So. well that's what i'm saying <laughs> she literally can't handle it yeah. she's like this is too much yeah. like this isn't what i signed up for and it's sad like as a yeah. huge fan of her music it's sad to see her like clearly going through like a pretty serious like mental break, mm-hmm. posting like the weirdest shit all the time. She's getting mm-hmm. so much hate, uh, hate from fans, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's because she wasn't signed when she was fourteen, and mm-hmm. they like gave her all the media training and told yeah. her exactly what tour life's gonna be like and how mm-hmm. to handle the press, and like there really is a need for these things still to this day, right? Yeah, you can obviously see her like cracking under pressure. Yeah, and it's I like so sad. I mean, a million people will like trade places with her as far as like where she is in her career, but then again, they don't know what is going on behind the scenes to make her want to or to make her feel that way. So it's really just all smoke and mirrors. Like people are like looking at when they see these artists on stage mm-hmm. or on tour, but they don't really know what's going on for real, for real. Right. If if you could work with any artist, what genre would you want to do? Like, give me, like, basically just take someone who's already popular, pretend they're not, and it's like, mm-hmm. that's the person that I would want to find. Um, I would say now, probably, oh, you said genre or artist? Artists. Artists. Like, just pretend like someone isn't famous and say, if yeah. I found that person, that's, like, the person I would yeah. want. 
Uh, Jasmine Sullivan's stuck out. I know, me. I know you're a big fan. She, <laughs> she won, right? What did she win for? I think best R&B performance. Okay, for pick fair. up your feelings. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't honestly get what you see in her music, but wait, what? <laughs> dude, you, I wouldn't. I honestly never considered listening to her, but you have been so adamant about it that I wouldn't listen to her whole most recent album. Uh huh. And I didn't love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Why? <laughs> I don't think it was bad. It just it didn't feel very original to me. You you got it. You got to sell it to me. Um, You're like it doesn't compute. <laughs> <laughs> no, she. She is, she's the one, I feel like. Really? I mean, nobody has her tone mm. that I've heard. The only one that I've heard similar is Brandy. She does, she she, does kind of sound like Brandy. Yeah, and I know she looks up to Brandy, but like, literally, like, she, her wishes does it for me. Really? And it's like, it's a shame that she's just not getting like this notoriety because I guess it was because she wasn't stick figure mm-hmm. whenever she first came out like back in like i think her first album came out in 08 um and ever since then like people were like paying her dust up until now when she like lost weight right it's kind of like, sad right yeah just like a well i mean adele has always been popular but, like, <laughs> adele when she was huge was super popular yeah <laughs> i feel like it's the opposite effect now but yeah jasmine is just like she does it Right, you think so? You think yeah. like she'll be huge in a couple of years? Oh yeah, right. Okay. I love. I like the passion. I like the passion. Bigger than what she is now, but like, and also secondly, I would say, um, I mean, who wouldn't say Beyonce? I feel like that's like the standard. Question. Easy, answer. come on, standard answer. Too easy. <laughs> um, I would probably say for a male i would go for damn i'm trying to look at my playlist right now in my head (laughs) uh i don't know as far as male probably lucky day oh okay uh yeah he's the one that's sticking out to my in my head right now but yeah both of them, and that's mainly in the R and B genre. Mm-hmm. And R and B is like still the lowest in the tone. Like, well, I won't say the lowest nowadays, but it wasn't long ago where R and B was like almost dead. I feel like you're like the biggest proponent of modern R and B that I know. <laughs> like, do you you say it's almost dead? Do you feel like it's coming back? Uh, well, yeah, with like Jasmine and like I don't know if you ever heard of Money Long. I've not. She's a new artist. Well, she's not new. She has wrote a lot of songs behind the scenes, like for like a decade, I think. Oh, wow. um, she has a song, Hours and Hours. I don't know if you heard it. I don't know. Okay. It. I'll check it out after that. Yeah. But her and like, yeah, her, actually the artist, her. Yeah, her. I love her. Long, I love her. Jasmine and Summer Walker, even though I don't listen to Summer Walker like that. But right. um, I feel like them four and SZA. Yeah. Those five are like so good. Really carrying R and B right now. Yeah, I mean I think it's definitely making a resurgence. Yeah. Are there any other genres that you would seriously consider working with? Not pop. I hate pop nowadays. You hate pop. I love pop. Yeah. I, I mean I a, think pop's kind of going through a weird dead zone right now, but yeah. it'll come back. It'll come back. I was a pop fiend like growing up. Right. But 
It's, it's not what it once was. It's become a little generic. But yeah. I, I think pop's blending a lot of different genres right now. Like yeah. That's why I really like what Olivia was doing. I think yeah. it was really cool the way she kind of took like early 2000s like pop mm-hmm. rap, pop rock, and kind of like blended it Like together. Avril Lavigne. Yeah, Avril very Avril. much like new Avril Lavigne. That's a yeah. perfect example. Yeah. But I think she's just better. <laughs> the Avril Lavigne? Yeah, I, don't, I think Avril Lavigne's overrated. Well, I'm not a fan like that of hers, but... I feel like Avril Lavigne is like the mother of like that sound. Yeah, it doesn't mean she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just personal preference for me. But I, but I don't yeah. know. I think that's good, man. You know, yeah. the one thing that I really want to make sure we discuss, because I think it's something we've had in common from the beginning, is, you know, you really wanted to spend some time talking about the changes of being an adult here mm-hmm. versus like growing up and, you know, being who we were in the South, right? Mm-hmm. So you're from Alabama, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm from Georgia. And I just think it's a perspective that's so different. I mean, take me back to your first day here. Uh, <laughs> first day here, um, June 4th, 2018. Oof. I literally got here June 4th at 12 a.m., like 2018. You drive? Yeah. Yeah. Three days. I was with my friend Ryan. He was like, he's my former roommate from Mississippi. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, it was the two of us. Uh, in my car basically we made a trip out of it it was like a long cross-country trip Mm. he drove majority of the way way. (laughs) um i think the scariest uh part of that ride was like i think we were like in texas and like it started like thundering and lightning and like oh yeah there was a tornado warning too we were like on the highway and i was like this is dude driving through texas is so terrifying because it's like 180 straight miles with nothing yeah so imagine that in like darkness and lightning and rain. That's so crazy. Like, we're gonna run into a tornado, and <laughs> luckily we didn't. But like it was still pretty scary. But after that, like we went to drove through New Mexico, went to Arizona. He knew some people there that we stayed the night with, and we made a trip out of that and went to I think Flagstaff and the Grand Canyon. Oh, you went everywhere. Yeah, in three days. Yeah. Wow. And like we went, we hung out in downtown Phoenix too. Um, that, that is what actually made me really like Phoenix. Yeah, it's like spending cool. time there. Um, but then after that, like that night, we drove straight into LA at like at 12 a.m. Mm-hmm. And first day, uh, I mean, I we drove to my apartment. Uh, I was sharing it with three other guys that I had already known from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I was sharing a room in the bathroom with one guy. And then the other two were doing the same. Um, but yeah, I didn't know anything about LA. I had visited like a year before just to see if I liked it, like mm-hmm. for a week, and I did. But yeah, I everything just felt so big and right. so new, and I was like, felt like a freshman again all I mean, over. It truly is a different world here, yeah, especially compared to like you know the South. And and I think talk to me culturally though. Like, mm-hmm. was there like a culture shock? Like, oh, how yeah. did you feel? I felt very kind of just like you know your fish out of water basically like i i mean going to college in mississippi that was like my little introduction to freedom like even though i was already still like a state away like from alabama but like going to la is like that very very different from alabama it's like a leap of faith (laughs) that's like a really strong leap of faith but like yeah i mean my mom was for it um basically everybody was like supporting me mm-hmm. so i was like 
all I have to do is just get in my car and <laughs> drive there. Of course, I didn't have a job, which right. was also nerve-wracking, but, like, that worked out because I, I got a job within a month of moving there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I got a, I got two offers on the same day at two different law firms. Really? And, like, the first law firm that called me saying that I got hired or they were offering me a job, I accepted it. But then, like, two hours later, I got another call from the from another one. And I accepted that one. <laughs> so I was like, I have a problem with my ends. And so like, I just weighed my pros and cons. And I was like, I just told the, I called the first law firm back. And I was like, yeah, I think I need to decline actually. And like, actually, like the, I think it was like a paralegal or, or a lawyer. Like he started crying. Oh, like on the phone? Yes. That's weird. He started getting like um, emotional. And like, he started like. <laughs> He was asking me, like, why? And I was like, Jay, please. We need you. <laughs> no, it sounded like he was getting mad. Like, I was like, I, I this is just my decision. That's hilarious. Sorry. <laughs> like, he was, like, getting emotional. I was like, I dodged a bullet, basically. Yeah, that would have been super weird. Yeah. But, yeah, so let, but let's fast forward, right? Like, you've been here how many years? Five? Four. Going, going on four uh, this June. Going on four, right? Yeah. You know, how do you feel about the decision? But more than anything, like, you know, why are, why are you still here? Everybody's yeah. left, right? I mean, <laughs> I, besides y'all, I haven't really known of anybody to really leave. Yeah, theoretically, right? So yeah. they say everybody's leaving LA yeah, or whatever, yeah. but just kind of like, how do you feel about being here? Like, do you think you'd ever go back? No, I wouldn't ever go back to the South. Um, I feel like I could stay here for the long haul. You think I was so, just right? having a conversation not too long ago about that. Um, I mean, I I've always just wanted to live in LA. Like, right? It was just like always a place to be for me, and like, I just don't see me really going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Now, if the opportunity like presents itself for like like a job or something like that, like, yeah, I mean, I would probably I probably would, but like, it really depends on where. Because if it's like in Alabama or like. Anywhere in the South that I would move to will probably be Atlanta right? or Nashville, but like I won't go anywhere in Alabama mm-hmm. or anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I see myself living here for the long haul because it's just, it's LA. Like, why would I? <laughs> everything is here. Like, right. why do I need to leave? Do people shit on LA so much? And I get it, right? Like, it's not perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. I think by far we have to fix the homelessness problem. Like, oh, yeah. it's just a tragedy to see. 60,000 people yeah. on the street in one city. It's like yeah. unfathomable. But yeah. really, other than that, like, it's like the best place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's expensive, but yeah. like everything is expensive. I mean, Atlanta's yeah. super expensive now. Oh, yeah. You know, and even in Mississippi, like, prices are going higher as far as apartments. Right. So it's like a minimum wage is still like what? 725 over there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why would I go back and like try to get a job like at minimum wage or something like that? Or like a little bit above it, but like not have any money left over when I pay my bills or rent. Yeah. It's like, you know, money doesn't go as far here as it does yeah. there, but it's a lot easier to make more of it. Well, I feel like money didn't go far when I was living there than here. Really? Because I pocket more money after paying everything a month. I still have more money. Interesting. And I did. That's actually really surprising. What and was I your did. rent? Uh, in Mississippi, the last place I was living, it was like f- four fifty. Oh man, <laughs> I would, I would kill. <laughs> but look what I, I was only making like 
11, 12 an hour. Right, right. So I wasn't pocketing So much. even then, full-time, you're not really making that much over. No. Yeah. For me, it's LA is all about the opportunities, man. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, even being in Phoenix for eight months, like, it was cool, but I just had so little opportunities. Think about this. So today, right before you were here, um, there was a guy who was like doing some minor work at the apartment. Um, and he was like hanging this stuff. It's like your classic handyman from mm -hmm. Thumbtack. And the whole time we're talking about like the TV industry because he's a fucking screenwriter. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. He's telling me all about like certain scripts he's got and like his opinions on shows. And it's like yeah. this white guy and we're having this deep conversation about like colorism. It's just fascinating. Whoa. Yeah, because his wife, and that's the other thing. So he's married to this woman who's this Asian woman mm -hmm. who's um, very high up and like she has this huge creative group mm -hmm. for Asian women. And like a bunch of like huge agents and like entertainment people are in it. And mm. it's just like when I'm in Georgia or Phoenix or Texas or anywhere, when a guy comes to, you know, fix my window mm -hmm. and we talk, we're going to talk about the Bears game or whatever, <laughs> which is yeah. fine, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. the idea that everybody here is here for a reason, yeah. you know, and they're chasing some sort of dream and they're looking for that belief that their creative vision can become something mm -hmm. the opportunities to like legitimately network to actually meet people and to to find real work opportunities are just dramatically higher yeah. so it's like even if i want to leave it's like i can't yeah. you know it's like i can't leave permanently at yeah. least yeah yeah people just have that drive here i guess like i mean of course it's like rubbed off on me like i still have aspirations as far as like what I really want to do as far as working for like a, a major record label and like being like part of the uh, the marketing team of a major record label for artists that are signed there like that's my goal hopefully I, I'm laying the stepping stones or like on track to do that but and right I, now you're working so you have your main job are you still working mm -hmm. at that uh studio at all I um that's on hold a little bit because we kind of uh -huh. like got out of contact a little bit right um i mean it happens sometimes but like yeah. yeah i need to like spark that back up how was it though it was really a good learning experience yeah. as far as just like managing mainly it was managging instagram for um the independent ran record studio recording mm -hmm. studio um and like the two guys that i was with or that are producers there they're, they're really good guys um jarell and crash shout out to y'all um <laughs> But yeah, they're really good guys and they're really talented. So it was a really good learning experience. That's good. You know, it, yeah. it's really interesting to me. LA is really tough because everybody here is kind of chasing their dreams. And yeah. the thing you realize when you're chasing your dreams is unless you've got daddy's money, you can't mm. just chase your dream. Yeah. You can chase your dream, but you also have to live. You also <laughs> have to pay your bills. You yeah. also have to like, you know, have time to live a normal life. And it can be very tough. And what you do for a living has such a massive effect on your ability to do anything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, like I just got my new job and 90% of the reason I took the job wasn't because I loved the job, mm -hmm. but I loved the time and the freedom it was going to allow me mm -hmm. to do other things, you know, and make more connections yeah. because of my previous jobs, they were just so 
you know, 24 seven that it was like, yeah, they were relevant to my career, which was great. But I had no ability to focus on anything else. Like things like this, like doing this Mm -hmm. show, which has been so important for me to get started. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't possible before. Right. Right. And I think for you, you're in like a weird spot where, you know, you want to get into music, you want to get into marketing in a more serious way. But to do so, you'd have to basically sacrifice like yeah. your whole way of living right now, which yeah. is going to be tough. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, right now I'm working for advers- like for an advertising agency as a media coordinator, and basically, I I mean, that took a while to actually realize that I was somewhat somewhat interested in that because like I came from a legal experience like working as a legal assistant yeah so like i just made a 180 shift into like this new avenue or this new career path and i i'm liking it and i'm doing well in it it's just i'm trying to like to maneuver like is this the trajectory that i want to go on or like will this lead me to ultimately more like what i want to do well let's be real do you think it will or like do you think you're gonna have to pivot again i feel like it's a stepping stone but i feel like i I still need to pivot in some type of way and you go to the office or no uh no i'm remote gotcha yeah you know i want to bring that up because at my job i'm fully remote too Mm -hmm. and i like it and i hate it Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's cool but i feel like it's terrible for career growth Mm -hmm. like you know, when you're in the office and you're seeing people, especially in the entertainment industry, you really learn how to like move. Yeah. You learn how to say, okay, this person's going places. This person is the one who does the hiring. Let me spend more time with them. Yeah. Go see how I can help them. Remotely, that's incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. And you kind of get on a much more linear path, right? Yeah. You need to be here for this long, do your job, and then you can get promoted, maybe, probably. Yeah. But it's going to be very difficult, especially for someone like you, who what you really need is connections, right? Mm-hmm. You need to meet people in other parts of the area and in the industry. And that's going to be very tough when yeah. your closest circle of potential people, yeah. you don't actually get to see. Like, right. I, I mean, mean they, they are talking about like a hybrid situation in June. Right. <laughs> um, so that may be the case uh, a couple months from now, but still don't know. And it's tough, right? I'm not even at this point worried that things would get shut down or anything. I think it's just businesses. It's like, if you're running and you're doing well without having to pay for a building and having employees in the office, it's very hard to make a compelling Mm -hmm. business argument about why you would do anything different. Right. 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 So, yeah. I mean, mean, same thing. My company's talking about doing a hybrid system eventually, but realistically... (laughs) I don't think there's any world where we'll be back in the office more than one day a week. Yeah. And I think it'll be optional. <laughs> I mean, everything is proven to be like you can do everything from home. So Yeah. It's kind of just like a matter of why. Like, why do people have to like be in office if like people are like I feel like I'm very efficient working from home. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm like in the comfort. Do you of- feel like you're more efficient? Uh, yeah, because like I'm still I'm I'm not new, but like I'm still like learning, right? And so like the software that we use, we I like I can record all my sessions as far as like the training and stuff. I'm like I feel like that was my saving grace when I first started with this job. Like I I like build upon that knowledge and like actually took really good notes that right I wouldn't have if I were like learning all all of this in person. 
And you seem like you're a self-starter too, which I think is really critical mm -hmm. for working at home because yeah. if you're the type of person who works well from being taught by others, which there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, it's really hard to yeah. like get everything from a Zoom session. Like yeah. obviously they can walk you through it, but yeah. it doesn't really have that same level of like human touch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I was very dedicated when I first started like in August last year. I was like, basically I was taking notes from those like recorded sessions like on the weekends. Oh wow. Oh, like I was serious. Like, yeah. But like I probably I feel like part of that was due to anxiety too. Right. Because I have a lot of job anxiety. <laughs> Cause like I hate to feel like lost mm -hmm. or like I have all these like all this much stuff to do like on my list for the work day and like I don't know how to do any of it. Mm -hmm. Like that feeling sucks. I also feel like working from home it's very weird to ask questions. Yeah. Like even to your direct report, your boss or whatever who's supposed to be helping you. Like when you're in office, it's very it's much more human to walk and be like, hey, mm -hmm. I was working on this thing. I could use some help. Like, would you mind showing me this? Mm -hmm. And it's very different to be like, slack someone. Hey, <laughs> do you have five minutes to help me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're away from your phone. Um, okay. You know, it's just so awkward and weird. I mean, I do that often. Well, you have to yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. It was, it's, it comes pretty natural now to like, just really? like reach out like, Maybe maybe a few more months in from working from home full time, mm -hmm. I'll feel differently. But everything <laughs> about it still feels very forced to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt like that to me too. Yeah. But when did you feel like you kind of started feeling more settled in? February. <laughs> that's so that's an arbitrary timeline because i don't know when you started so with this month one or august. two or three i started august last year okay <laughs> that's like saying like how old are you uh two years older than last year <laughs> okay Jamie, no. <laughs> it, no it literally just started feel like feeling i started feeling more comfortable right and so i don't know i'm a little bit less lost as I once was, right. but it's still like, I have a long way to go. Very wise, very wise. Yeah. Talk to me about social media, man. That's the other thing I know we really wanted to discuss. Mm. Where do you want to take this, D? Because we can talk social media by itself. Yeah. I got a brand new theory I want to run by you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just in general, I just think like social media, it's a really powerful tool. It's a really useful tool. It's a really knowledgeable tool, but... Oh. <laughs> It can, it can, it can, it can throw you for a loop. Yeah. Or for me personally, it's just like, I feel like everybody compares themselves to people that they see on social media, but right. it's just like, you can go even like above and beyond that. Like some people do. And it's just like, even with guys, like none of the stuff, like, I feel like a lot of guys Photoshop too, like oh, yeah. as far as like working out and stuff like that and like six pack or whatever, like. I mean, I, I think, oh man, I could go on forever, so I'll make it simple. Um, mm. I think we're coming to an interesting point where everyone under the age of 35 knows that the internet is fake <laughs> and that yeah. they know that they can only trust 60-ish percent of what they see or read or hear, no matter how authentic it kind of appears to be. Yeah. Um, you know, that's half the reason I wanted to do this show, right? Because I wanted to really have 
a portrayal of what a real conversation is like between mm-hmm. normal people because everything you see is so curated. Mm-hmm. But touching more on like, you know, what you're talking about is more visually and Instagram. I think it's tough. And yeah, you, you always hear women talk about like unfair body standards and like mm-hmm. very real things, but you don't really ever hear people talk about how it affects men, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, as you, it's just like a normal dude, mm-hmm. right? Like when you scroll through your feed or like, I don't know, you're on TikTok or something, you just get fed this kind of content. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily how does it make you feel, mm-hmm. but more like, is it is it frustrating to feel like, is this what women want? Like, mm-hmm. am I not going to measure up? Like, how does that relate to you? It just feels like I need to catch hope. it feels like i need to like make a severe life change which is true in a way as far as like my diet and like how i work out or how often that i work out like i mean i'm the first person to say that yes i need to work out more or whatever okay but but don't but don't act like you're some guy who never does anything you're going on four mile runs all the time you know (laughs) i mean i've been well i've been running some weeks actually but I don't know. I feel like that in itself has to do just like with my location. Right. Because like I used to live here. Well, not here, but like Culver City right. and Venice. And like I loved running in Venice. Mm-hmm. And Sherman Oaks is not the same. Right. So like I chose I chose Planet Fitness to like work out at. But I haven't really been because like I just don't prefer running on the treadmill. Yeah. But I do need to like branch out and see what is out there as far as like outside trails and like run, actually run there. But I had a I had a kick like last year and even in twenty twenty where I ran like almost every day. Yeah. Like when like, we first dedicated. met, you yeah. were running every day. It was crazy. Yeah. Right? I was like, what happened to that? <laughs> I need to catch that bug again. Right. But, and you'll get there. But I guess what I'm saying is so when you see that, do you is it you feel I want to mm-hmm. touch more on what you're saying, you feel like you need to catch up. Mm-hmm. Is it like just a physical thing or do you feel like you're comparing people mm-hmm. yourself to other people in like all aspects of life? Just, like, all aspects. Um, Yeah, what I mean by, like, catch up is just, like, I feel like I have this weird fear of, like, running out of time. Mm. Like, I only have, like, three years left in my 20s. And, like, I have goals, like, personal and, like, financial and, like, professional goals that I want to meet. And I'm just, like, not there. (laughs) Well, but, okay, but but you're, you're making a very profound point. Yeah. And I can tell because you said you feel like you only have couple more years you're 27 now Mm -hmm. and you feel like by the time you're 30 that's like old almost Mm -hmm. right is that because on social media the success you're seeing is from people younger than you yeah right yeah like people still when i well i don't know in their teens but like just like early 20s Mm -hmm. and it made me feel like when i was like 22 it's like damn like that actually is pretty young but i didn't know that then right now i look back at people who are 22 and i'm like man you were young and it's so crazy when i was even 21 when i just gotten the ability to drink i felt so like fine i can finally drink like i've been drinking for years fake and i was like i'm finally an adult right yeah and now i just turned 27 like a week ago Mm -hmm. and i just i look at people who are 21 i'm like wow Mm -hmm. like these people are like kids (laughs) it's so it's so weird yeah and i wonder if in 10 years i'm gonna look back and be like wow being yeah. 27 that's so young i mean of course we are i feel like everybody i feel like people that are fearing 30 well i'm fearing 30 but like are like 29 going on 30 like yeah you're gonna look back like 10 12 years from now and be like 30 is like the new 20 basically right or was the new 20 
like it's still young it's just another decade of life basically and I need to remind myself of that because like I always like subconsciously subconsciously think that like whenever I turn 30 like I'm gonna be like really depressed (laughs) Uh, and I say that kiddingly but it's just like I I just hope to like I don't know not be in the same position I am right now. Yeah. No, I I, I totally like get that. Growth. And you won't be, right? Have you ever yeah. been in the same position three years for three years? Um, I don't say I'm no. Gonna... Right. So yeah. I think that's one way to look at it. Yeah. But but for me, I've always had that same thing about thirty three, mm-hmm. and it's so weird. It's for the Why strangest 33? reason because that's the year that Jesus and Martin Luther King both died. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I had a, like a Jesus Jesus reference. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's just weird. I think Alexander yeah. the Great died. Like no, he did something when he was thirty three. He didn't die though. Mm-hmm. But it's just I just always had this weird thing about being thirty three. Yeah. So I haven't quite gotten. I'm still got like six years, so I have to like really yeah. have that like morbid look at life. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's one of the best parts about being here and not in the South. Dude, I remember... So the last year I lived full time in the South, my senior year of college. So I was 22, right? Mm-hmm. So five years ago. And I remember thinking people at 27, people at 30 are so old. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily that they're old people, but... Everyone I knew in Georgia at that time, they all had like two kids and a house and they'd been at their career for six years and like they were so set in their ways and fat and it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But being here in LA, dude, I remember at my very first job meeting people who were 34 and they were living younger than me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, go to any music festival. It's just Mm -hmm. a bunch of people who are like, 29 there are people who are like 37 out mm-hmm. there and like that's not gonna be me but <laughs> but the point is it made me feel so much better because out yeah. here people don't have these crazy southern arbitrary timelines of like yeah. where you have to be in life at the yeah. certain age and it's very inspiring i mean some mm-hmm. of my best friends out here are like in their mid-30s like one of my guys craig shout out to craig i don't know how old craig is but mm-hmm. He's substantially older than me, but that guy lives, you know, (laughs) he's out having fun, hanging out. And he's just like one of the coolest people. And it's so inspiring to feel like there's an environment here that's accepting of people living their life on their own timeline. And that's something that in Georgia you just can't find. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I won't move back to the South. Right. Is that like people going to marry like straight out of like high school, college, we're just like early 20s and I'm like I just, I just want to like live life first mm-hmm. and then like I feel like 30 is like 30s are like that's like I feel like appropriate for me personally like when all that stuff or when I will like allow all that stuff to happen right but like again like I mean I don't, it's different for females cause like I don't you got the biological clock right carry the child but yo yeah. but I mean I feel like me as a guy like I just want to like I'm in the city where like everybody wants to well not everybody but just like a lot of people want to like live or be and it's like I just want to like live out my 20s and try to think about that more when you see these people online right Mm -hmm. see the problem with social media is you compare yourself to people you see 
and then other people are comparing themselves to you mm-hmm. and no one's really like looking at their own lives very objectively yeah. you know I, I've managed so many like influencers and you know these people who are living these great lives they're doing the same thing looking at someone else mm-hmm. living better than them and I, I, I'll give you my theory on social media that this is uh, still a work in progress but I've been like ironing it out I have this theory that we need to change the word social media to define two separate things. Because I think right now there's like online social and then there's social media. And the distinction I think is really important, right? When you look at media traditionally, it's all about consumption. Mm -hmm. Social media is about interaction. Now, there are two types. It can depend on the platform and the way you use it. And some platforms differ from others. So give me a platform. Instagram. Instagram. In when I first got on Instagram, I was on Instagram the second year it was around. Mm-hmm. When it was literally just artsy people taking photos. Yeah. Back then, Instagram was about consumption. I just went to try to find cool art pieces and photographers. I mean, people used to have their style of camera in their bio. That was like the thing to do. Because <laughs> yeah. you could learn what type of art you were making. Yeah. And I consumed and I appreciated. I liked, I moved on. Maybe a comment. Super cool. Boom. Yeah. Then it went through the second phase. That was probably until around four years ago. Definitely in the last two. Which was about social media. Mm-hmm. Where the whole idea was... There was a time where I would go on Instagram and post about my life and other people would go and post about their lives mm-hmm. and I really mainly followed my friends and it was a very interactive platform, right? You know, you post a photo about something you did yeah. with a caption about what you're excited about it, your friends like it and see it and they interact with you, they engage, yeah. right? The social aspect. But in the last three years, it's gone much more back to being media. Mm-hmm. Right, you. I mean, no one even posts photos anymore because it's gonna get. <laughs> you mean instant- like selfies? Yeah, because like, it's gonna uh, get instantly suppressed. And when you do, it's got to be curated, right? Yeah. You know, people used to just. I used to post a photo of this globe. Yeah. On my Instagram, and that would just be the whole post. <laughs> now you post it. This shit's gonna be seen by Aaron. Yeah. Maybe you, two, yeah. three other people, and I have hundreds of followers. Yeah. But that's not what the platform wants. They want curated stuff for you to view and appreciate they want especially now they want video content Mm -hmm. they want consumption they don't want interaction yeah and and i think that's been a big problem for me because i think it's very disappointing to people Mm -hmm. because i think there are lots of people who aren't even expressing themselves on instagram because they don't want to post a photo and get you know very few likes and comments Mm -hmm. and it's not that they want to be a big influencer but they know half the people who follow them aren't even seeing their own stuff yeah right and then that's just so disappointing and then you look at a different platform like a twitter Mm -hmm. which is all about social media Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal of twitter is reactions (laughs) people basically get popular by just posting things that the maximum number of people can react to which is why it incentivizes like hot takes Mm -hmm. and like you know, crazy opinions or like things for a very, very small community because all they want you to do is go, go, go. Yeah. And I think that's kind of just as toxic in a way because it incentivizes negativity mm-hmm. and outrage culture. The same thing you see on Facebook. Like yeah. people act like there are no moderate or like regular people on Twitter or Facebook. There are, just mm-hmm. no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'm just not 
I'm not really into Twitter Twitter like that. Mm. Um, I never really have been. I, I was mainly into like Tumblr like back in 2011. Oh, you were a Tumblr kid. <laughs> Dude, Tumblr is the ultimate consumption media. Nobody. It was anti-interaction. <laughs> you didn't even tell people you had a Tumblr. Yeah. It's just like, it was mainly for hipsters, I guess, quote unquote. But I don't know. I just remember like growing up, like MySpace, like I was addicted to MySpace. Yeah. That was like what, 2005, right. six, like and then ever since then, it was like Facebook and then like Instagram. I think I got that like before I went to college. Do you remember the golden age of Facebook where Facebook was real life? Uh, well, <laughs> when was that? Like 08? Yeah. And yeah. by real life, I mean like if you were at school with your friends mm. and someone posted like the relationship <laughs> status change, this was like something <laughs> worth discussing because it meant so much in the moment. <laughs> or like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Like, now it's like, what is Facebook like? It, Who knows, right? Yeah. But, but I guess what I'm just saying is back then, social media used to be an ex- truly an extension of yourself, mm-hmm. right? There was decorum. You wouldn't say things to people that you weren't prepared to say them in real life because yeah. everyone on your social media, you knew. Yeah. It wasn't about celebrity or fame yeah. or business, yeah. right? And it's been a very strong shift towards really creating content and a brand that's almost separate from yourself. Mm -hmm. But I do think the most fascinating difference and the thing that really like breaks the, the theory is TikTok. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think TikTok is so fascinating is because, okay, this is another theory I have that goes with it. I have a very strong theory that TikTok, when they made their algorithm after they rebranded for musically realized a couple of things. People love going viral. Mm-hmm. People love going viral so much. It's a drug. Yeah, it, it is a drug. Perfect point. That if you can go viral once or twice, you'll never stop trying. <laughs> and I have a very strong belief that TikTok is a system that your first five or ten videos you make, they will push hard. Mm-hmm. They will send any account. They don't care what your brand looks like. They don't care if your lighting sucks. They don't care if you shot with an iPhone. They're just going <laughs> to see if the content works. Mm-hmm. And if your content works... They will blast it and make sure it goes viral. Yeah. But then they won't. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how much time you spend on TikTok, but there are so many pages that you'll find, you'll get sent a video from a random page. It'll be hilarious. You'll love it. You'll click on their page and that video will have 10 million views. Every other video they have will have 4,000 because that person is not going to stop trying to go viral because yeah. they had it once. Yeah. And people are so addicted to the drug yeah. of social media success that they get a little hit and then they got to get yeah. that rush again no matter yeah. what. And all TikTok wants is users. They want people just going and making content, make us more content. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll throw you a bone every once in a while mm-hmm. just to keep you around long enough to believe that you can make a career out of this, you know? <laughs> it's the perfect illusion, right. basically. Like... I, I mean, I'm not, like, on TikTok like that. I have the, I have an account. Right. And I follow, like, different comedians or whatever. But, like, I'm not on it. Like, I am, like, Instagram. But, like, that's a really good outtake on it. Because, like, I didn't even know how TikTok worked for real. Right. And this, yeah. again, this is theory. But, like, yeah. but I was just saying it more as opposed to Instagram, for example. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram, they don't, they do care who you are. Yeah. They don't care how good your content is. Yeah. They care about who you are. Yeah. If you are popular... And if people like you according to the algorithm, they will push your stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like a lot of celebrities, and I follow like two 
on Instagram. Not because I don't want to follow others, Mm -hmm. but because they post too much. (laughs) And I know they post too much because every single post they make is pushed on my feed constantly. It's so frustrating. And it's at the expense of other people that I like who are not as popular or famous. It's the exact opposite. And it's very frustrating and demoralizing for someone like, I couldn't imagine Especially I, being like, you know, a, a pretty girl trying to become an Instagram chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do, man? You're just like lost. It's too like saturated. Yeah. Basically. Like, what are, what is it? What are your features that are like on are going going to stick out? Like, it, it's like, gotta it's gotta be painful to watch Doja Cat, who I love, yeah. post a selfie like this of like her eye and like <laughs> one of her teeth, and it gets like three million likes. Yeah. And then you take all day to go to these photo shoots. Yeah. I mean, I've been on set of these photo shoots for yeah. the Instagram stuff. It takes all day. They put in all this money to make this content, and then it like underperforms. Mm-hmm. Like that has got to be infuriating. I yeah. couldn't imagine it. Yeah, that's just that's the game. <laughs> right that's the game of it and when where you know if you had to take a guess where do you see things going in the future for a social media yeah like five years from now do you think people do you think it'll be bigger smaller do you think people will care do you think we'll have new platforms or um i think i think it'll still be the it'll, it'll probably be bigger than what it is so actually because it's just gen z is getting older and People are getting more access to like cell phones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I feel like cell phones are like way more easily accessible than they were like when we were growing up. Right. But of course, they didn't have like the technology. We didn't have that technology like all the kids growing up now do. And so, I feel like it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. And the barrier to entry is so low. Yeah. Yeah. And so, as far as like a new platform, I'm not sure. I mean, how long will we have Instagram or Facebook? Right. Twitter. So I feel like TikTok is going to be like that. It's going to be basically probably bigger than any any of those now. Because it's so? gained like so much trajectory since it started. Right. I mean, I or definitely... since it like turned into TikTok. So. Right. No, I think, I think that's a very good theory. I mean, obviously we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I like it a lot. I think you touched on a good point about how kids just have cell phones now. And cell mm-hmm. phones are such amazing pieces of technology. I mean, the shot, show is shot with... <laughs> three cameras but two of which are just iPhones (laughs) and it's amazing the quality you can create I mean this just wasn't possible six years ago Mm -hmm. you know which isn't a very long time in the span of life and it's amazing you know talk to me a little about Apple because I know you are (laughs) I know you are the Apple theme guy (laughs) when you you see the iPhones right it's like I know it does something for you what are your what are your thoughts um Apple uh yeah, it's just, I mean, if you hear the name Apple, you'll automatically think of, like, iPhone or just, like, what, like, MacBook or whatever. And, like, I own those two devices. And, like, I think I have around, like, f- like six Apple products, I think. Um, Count them for me. iPhone. iPhone. Boom. MacBook. MacBook. Pro? Pro. Pro, of course. Watch. What kind of iPhone? 13 Pro Max. Pro 13 Pro Max. <laughs> uh, MacBook and then uh, the Apple Watch. Uh, what series? Seven. Boom, of course. <laughs> Why'd I ask? Uh, I'll the, uh, the freaking, what do you call it? The tracker things? Oh, AirTags. AirTags? Yes. How many? 
Two. Okay. <laughs> um, five, uh, AirPods Pro. AirPods Pro, of course. Again, the AirPods 3? AirPods second generation. Second generation. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, I have both. Oh, you have both? Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. Um, do, you, do you put one in one ear, one in the other? <laughs> so the second generation is like for backup. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, want to run out. Yeah. Um, That's six? Six. Uh, what else? Damn. Um, I think it's literally six. I mean, that's still products. like a pretty insane amount. Yeah, I don't have an iPad. I've tried iPad before, but I just like returned it because I was like, I don't know, Pat. Yeah, tablet time for me. Either. Yeah, I just don't see a use for it, bro. But but okay, what does the company mean to you? I mean, do you feel like there's any product offering that could get you to switch? Um. Uh, I mean, I've had Samsung before. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I first started out, like I had just like a version mobile flip phone, and mm-hmm. then I like went to like a Verizon whatever is like slider phone, and mm-hmm. then I got the Samsung Galaxy S three. I think I was in I was in high school, um, but I really wanted an iPhone, but like iPhones weren't available for T Mobile right. <laughs> at that moment <laughs> in time, and I was that was that was my carrier, so like I had to get what I could get, mm-hmm. but. Got a Samsung Galaxy, and then that was cool. And then I went to like an iPhone 3G in 2012, mm-hmm. 2013, which was severely outdated. Right. But like I wanted an iPhone that bad. I got like a secondhand like iPhone 3G. And you've been on it ever since? Yeah, on yeah. iPhone ever since. Yeah. And yeah, it was like jailbroken and everything. So I had like yeah. all the like tricks and whatnot. I had like, a jailbroken iPhone. Pod, never oh, on yeah. Yeah, no, I screwed up my phone a lot of times, actually, with that. So It's so funny, like, I was a very much against Apple for a long time, mm-hmm. because I did, and honestly, up until about the 11, mm-hmm. I very much believed that they were just not the best phones. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of believe that up until about the 11, 12-ish they weren't. I think yeah. they are now. But mm-hmm. I think the real distinction is they've done such a good job of creating the ecosystem and the environment mm-hmm. that even if I really wanted to stop, I couldn't. Right. I mean, I yeah, me too. I got AirTags and a MacBook. Mm-hmm. I have two iPhones. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I can't I can't switch. Yeah. My entire life is saved on the cloud it would just become so problematic to try to like make that kind of dramatic shift at this point right and that's like the chokehold that they have on like users like me and you like i can't get a galaxy like i have a freaking like macbook that i'll pairs with my iphone i have to get my text on my laptop (laughs) (laughs) like i can't just not get what if someone facetimes me and my phone's (laughs) over there like it just defeats the purpose of having any other thing if you don't have that one specific Thing, which right. is the phone so how, how like, am i going to track my air pad air tags, you know? <laughs> it just once you're yeah. once you hit a point you're just so in it that yeah. it's just you're not going back but i do think ios is severely outdated as far as like the look and the design and like the way it functions like one thing that i really want from android like one feature is like the split screen multitasking right it isn't the ipad but it's not for like iPhone. i mean they have like the that. smallest version like you can take uh like, like you can take video. a of, yeah, you can watch a video in picture and uh, picture, or yeah. you can take um, a FaceTime call and like do other things. Yeah. But it's like these are features that yeah. they should have mastered. Yeah. Five years ago, minimum. Yeah. I mean, and it it's it's frustrating, but they care so much about it being perfect, mm-hmm. which I respect. Which, 
which isn't the case with like iOS because like iOS, there's with any OS, like there's going to be a bug at right. least one, but like it's always going to be a not a lot, but it's going to be a handful at least with like every OS. Like iOS is like not perfect at all. Right. Like I just ran into a bug yesterday, like when it it pairs with like my Bluetooth on my car, like the volume goes all the way down. Like on my phone, I have to like turn it up manually, like almost yeah. every single time. I literally, I had an 11, I just upgraded to a 13, yeah. and it just won't connect to CarPlay. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a newer phone. Yeah. It's just the little things like that frustrate yeah. me. And yeah. little, I mean, you ever try to do a multi person FaceTime? It is the mm. most painful experience dude really like it's yeah it's like the 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 bubbles don't know where you would yeah. go so you don't know where to look at least one person will have a bad connection even if right before you had a perfect connection because mm-hmm. it's really hard time like sending all the data at once regardless mm-hmm. of how good your internet is mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating yeah especially because it's a feature they could have implemented years ago and then they finally yeah. do and then it's still got its like yeah. issues so stuff like that can be tough yeah there's always going to be like a form of wonkiness but right. like I don't know. I just can't get away from it because I'm just like too locked in. Right. So it's just like got to roll with it, I guess. I think we all are, man. Yeah. Um, you know, before we wrap this up, mm-hmm. you're one of the people on Hitch, mm-hmm. right? And I haven't talked much about Hitch yet on the show, <laughs> but a little thing. Hitch is a white glove dating service here in L.A. where I try to find people and match them up with great potential dates. And our guy Jay here is one of our prime members that I'm trying to find a nice lady for. So let's take a couple of uh, minutes to just kind of say like, you know, what does Jay have to offer? (laughs) What is Jay looking for in in a nice lady? We'll do like two minutes on this, right? So if I find you a good girl, there's a girl watching this right now who's like, oh, let's watch this guy talk for an hour. He's amazing. I need (laughs) this in my life. You know, what are two things that they get from being with you that really, really sells them, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm very self-aware. Very self-aware. Um, I feel like even though I'm still, like, learning myself, like, I feel like I, I'm in touch with, like, my emotions and my feelings and stuff He's like that. He's a sensitive guy. And I, feel like, <laughs> and I feel like I could, like, give that off to, like, other people, like, to anyone that I'm dating, really, like, I basically care about like other people's emotions and feelings and stuff like that so like a girl comes home from her apartment she had a tough day at work yeah she's crying what's your go-to my go-to um well she drinks a glass of wine okay probably and just like an ear to listen, like have an open ear. Cause like many people that are upset, like they want somebody to vent to. Look, he went straight to listening. He didn't try to solve the problem. <laughs> he knows that she just wants to be heard. Yeah. You hear that? You see that, ladies? <laughs> um, yeah, that's mainly, I mean, when people are upset, that's all they want is somebody to not even fix their problems or give their two cents. It's just like, listen. Ah. Like, I, I'm very in tune with that because like I'm the same way. Ah. But. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very much just an all, like, all around chill dude to be with. A chill dude? Look, you can't. I'm until, like, I'm very, like, laid back. I don't, or I I just give off that type of vibe where, like, I'm not too overly, like, extrovert. I mean, I don't consider myself an extrovert, but, like, I have a good balance, like, an omnivert or whatever you, however you pronounce it, but, like. Balanced, but also chill. Will listen, 
everything you need, gals. You know, great, great option. All right. <laughs> now, two minutes on who you're looking for, right? Mm. Give me two qualities in a girl that really stand out to you, that really are like, mm, that's what I need. Uh, sense of humor. Oh, okay. I love to laugh. Um, and I feel like I have a pretty good sense of humor, too. Uh, lastly, would probably be... Um, I feel like somebody who is like driven in life mm. and has aspirations, ambitious. Yeah, ambitious. Gotcha. Because I'm ambitious. I have goals right. that I have yet to meet yet, but mm. plan on it. But like, you gotta have at least one goal in life, right? Whatever no, you, that may be. You killed that. You killed that. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap it with this. You know, a couple of minutes on what's next for Jay Vincent. You're gonna be on the show many times over its history. Mm. So what's the thing that when you come back next, I gotta start off with and see like, oh, it's been blank months. Mm -hmm. You know, how have you been tracking on this goal? Like give me a you know, short term vision. Um as far as the hitch thing, you can follow up on that one. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Yes, I'll get you a day, Jay. I hear you. But um, <laughs> and also just like about my job and stuff like that, like just as far as like how that's going, hopefully, um, I'd say like a promotion or something like that. If mm -hmm. not, probably me changing trajectory into like another avenue right. to build upon like the experience that I've like been molding since I've been working at this set company for like eight months now. Um, so hopefully either one of those will happen next time I'm back. No, 100%. But like, uh, yeah, still figuring it out. Um, so just trying to like, oh, mold myself into, I guess the avenue that I feel like is best for me. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Um, yeah, man, I've really enjoyed this. I hope yeah. you have as well. Any last things you want to make sure you say? Um, yeah, just support Rosie. Ro what was it? Ra Rose Radio? Rose Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yes, next big thing. No, 100%. Hey, I really appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Rose Radio Show. We really appreciate it. If you like what you saw, you can check out any of our other videos right here. And if you want to support us further, you can go on our Patreon, which is linked in the description below, and support us more and get exclusive content and access. Thank you so much.